Jefferson sat out the Civil War as a Union prison. Till Anna had been assigned temporary duty at the Dry Tortugas, she'd not even heard of it. Now it was home. For a moment she merely treaded water, head thrown back to let the sun seek out any epithelial cell it hadn't already destroyed over the last ten years. Just breathing, when the practice had recently been denied, was heaven. Three times she breathed deep, on the third she held it, upended, and kicked again for bliss of the bottom. Two dive sites, twenty dives, the deepest over forty feet, and Anna finally tired herself out. Legs reduced to jelly from pushing through an alien universe, she couldn't kick hard enough to rise above the surface and pull herself over the gunwale. Glad there were no witnesses, she wriggled and flopped over the transom beside the outboard motor to spill on deck, splattering like a bushel of sardines. Her Sunday was over. She'd managed to spend yet one more weekend in Davy Jones's locker. The Reef Ranger, one of the park's patrol boats, a 25-foot inboard-outboard Boston whaler, the bridge consisting of a high bench and a plexiglass windscreen, fired up at a touch. Anna upped anchor, then turned the bow toward the bastion fortress that was to be her home for another eight to twelve weeks. The opportunity to serve as interim supervisory ranger for the hundred square miles of park, scarcely one of which was above water, came in May. Word trickled down from the southeastern region that the Dry Tortugas supervisory ranger had to take a leave of absence for personal reasons, and a replacement was needed until he returned, or, failing that, a permanent replacement was found. Dry Tortugas National Park was managed jointly with Southern Florida's Everglades National Park. The brass all worked out of Homestead, near Everglades. Marooned as it was, seventy miles into the Gulf, day-to-day -day operations of the Dry Tortugas were run by a supervisory ranger who managed one law enforcement ranger, two interpreters, and an office administrator. Supervisory Ranger was a title that bridged a gray area in the NPS hierarchy. For reasons to which Anna was not privy, the head office chose not to upgrade the position to Chief Ranger, but left it as a subsidiary position to the Chief Ranger at Everglades. Still, it was a step above Anna's current District Ranger level on the Natchez Trace. She had taken the Dry Tortugas assignment for personal reasons. When she was in a good frame of mind, she told herself she'd needed to retreat to a less populated and mechanized post to find the solitude and unmarred horizons wherein to renew herself, to seek answers. When cranky or down, she felt it was the craven running away of a yellow-bellied deserter. Paul Davidson, his divorce finalized, had asked her to marry him. Two days later, a car, a boat, and a plane ride behind her, not to mention two thousand miles of real estate, a goodly chunk of it submerged, she was settling into her quarters at Fort Jefferson. Coincidence? Her sister Molly had asked sarcastically. You be the judge. The fort had only one phone, which worked sporadically, and mail was delivered once a week. Two weeks had passed in sandy exile, and she was no more ready to think about marriage than she had been the day she left. But given the paucity of entertainments, even a devotee could only commune with fish for so long, she was rapidly getting to the point where there was nothing else to think about. Under these pressing circumstances she'd done the only sensible thing. 
she stuck her nose in somebody else's business. Daniel Behrens, a maintenance man of all trades and the closest thing Anne had made to a friend at the fort, had a weakness for gossip that she shamelessly exploited. With only a small nudge, Daniel had filled her in on why she'd been given the opportunity to explore this oddly harsh, boring, beautiful, magical bit of earth. Her predecessor, Lanny Wilcox, hadn't taken an extended leave willingly. It had been forced upon him when he'd begun to come unglued. His girlfriend, a little Cuban number as cute as a basket full of kittens, ran out on him, Daniel had told her, his voice low and gentle as usual. Lanny was a terrific guy, but he was getting up there, fifty-one this last birthday. At his peak, he couldn't have been much to look at. Hey, I like Lanny just fine, but, well, even he knew he was about as good-looking as the south end of a northbound spiny lobster.